All right, I'm Tim Rogers, lead pastor here. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, in a way, I sound like a flight attendant. I know you have a choice in your airline travel, and we thank you for choosing to fly with us today. But um, listen, I, I, I'm always glad to see you uh, here. And for our online audience, thank you for being with us online. There's a variety of reasons you're online, but we're, regardless of that, I'm glad to see you here virtually. Feel free to connect, like. We have a host online connecting with you this morning as well. But guys, thanks for being here uh, this morning. It's really good to see you. You caught us in um, part two of a, a unique series we're doing called Where Every Story Matters, and it's part of our tagline at Grace Point. But it's not just that it's a new series, it's a new way of doing a series. And so if you're used to things at Grace Point, it will be different because, and maybe you'll like this better, I'm going to talk less. Maybe that's going to be great for you. But I'm, I'm going to have a much shorter message, and then we're going to have an extended conversation uh, for this week and then for two more weeks as well. So a four-part series in total, we're in part two of it. And the reason we're doing this is we do believe at Grace Point every story matters, meaning that, that God is creating and shaping within each one of us unique stories that are kind of a handprint from him. And that I think, especially during this season, where we have all been through some stress of 2020 and we turn the page into 2021, that as we turn into 2021, my hope is that we can find each other again in this community, in our stories. That as we hear people talk, we can not only find ourselves in their story, but we can also find God maybe again in ours. And so I want to take you to... Um, a couple passages to set up our conversation as we um, talk each Sunday morning. And this morning, I do want to take you somewhere in just one second. But to, even before I invite you to turn somewhere, I want to tell you about one of my favorite professors, um, Dr. Jeff Bingham. He taught me at Dallas Seminary, and Jeff Bingham was a 6'6 church history professor, and he, um, great guy, funny, knew, knew his stuff, um, very relatable guy, just someone you really love as a prof. He walked in one day, and he told us, he said, listen, I have some news for you. I want you to know I'm leaving the school. And it was a sad day, and I remember that. I'm like, what in the world? Like, I know you love teaching here. And he said, I love teaching here. <laughs> to which we were all really surprised as students. Like, why would someone who loves teaching there decide to leave the school? And what he said is this. He said, listen, I'm a member of the Southern Baptist Convention. That's a little more popular in Dallas than it is up here. But nonetheless, he said, I'm a member of the SBC. And he said, my denominational leadership has asked me to serve at another school in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And I decided this, he said, I had to weigh that decision. And I decided that either my affiliation with the SBC means something or it means nothing. And when people over me ask me to do something, I have to consider why in the world I'm even under their authority in the first place. And he made this comment and it has stuck with me all these years. He said, we are all people under authority. We are all people under authority. And he made a decision to say, I don't want to leave Dallas Seminary, but I'm going to because my authority has asked me if I would serve in this other school that needs my unique help right now. And he put his individual interest under the authority of his leadership. Incredible decision that he made. It has stuck with me. It is incredibly difficult in my experience to submit to authority above you, especially as a free-thinking adult, especially when you don't agree with it. And there are times when you have seen this work well and you have seen this work poorly. When I see it work well, there is a consistent principle at play where this does work well, where people put themselves under authority even 
of an authority that they might prefer would be different. And that principle is actually laid out not just in my brain, but in Galatians. And I want to take you to a passage that the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, in the right two-thirds of your Bible, there's a Bible in the pew near you. If you don't own one, you can turn to it on your version app or wherever you are. But Galatians chapter 5, Paul is writing to people who are trying to figure out how to do church and how to be Christian. And here's what he says in chapter 5, verse 13. He says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. And I love that statement, and I wish we would just stop the, the statement right there. Just stop this whole thing right there. This is great. We're going to go sentence by sentence. Because you're called to be free. That's awesome. But here's what we know about freedom. Like, freedom, this sounds very American, first of all, doesn't it? You're called to be free. But you know and I know that I don't have unfettered freedom. I cannot yell fire in this environment without some consequences. I drive the speed limit because I'm not free to go 100 miles an hour down Route 30. We have freedoms. And so we know this is true, this principle is true, that personal freedom, as fun as that be, cannot be the highest value that guides a society. I know that I'm called to be free, but I don't have freedom to express my freedom without boundaries. It cannot be the highest value that guides a society because he goes on, Paul goes on in writing, but do not use your freedom, he says, to indulge the flesh. In other words, you can't just go around doing whatever you want to do. I can't use whatever language I want to use up here because it can impact you or your children, right? I'm not that free, and I shouldn't be that free to use my freedom to say particular words and have it impact you and maybe hurt you or your family. It's just not a good way to live, and we know that. But he gives the alternative right away in verse 13b. He says, rather, rather, and here's the other option— serve one another humbly in love. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. What he's saying here is this, and here's the big idea for this morning, that love, not freedom, is the highest value that Christians should pursue. Love, not freedom, is the higher value and highest value that Christians should pursue. He says this in verse 14, for the entire law, the entire law that Christians want to obey that has been handed down to your children and grandchildren and all that, that entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, fight for your freedom. No, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law, if you want to interpret the entire law and you're not sure what to do, ask yourself the question, will this be a loving action to take? Will my action and my response prioritize love? Because the entire law can be interpreted through that. Jesus says that all the law and the prophets hang on this command, love your Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That the, the love interprets the law for us, which is why when Jesus healed people on the Sabbath, he was taking this issue and pushing on it. The religious leaders were saying the Sabbath is for um, holiness and separation for God. You can't even, you know, heal a sick person or, or pull a, an animal out of a well on the Sabbath, where Jesus comes and he heals people on purpose on the Sabbath, violating the law because love is greater than even the law. Love interprets the law for us. And so this is what Paul's saying. And he goes on to say in verse 15, here's the consequences of what happens when you don't do this. If you, and here's what will happen when our freedom has free range, verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out 
or you will be destroyed by each other. Uh Uh-huh, very true. Not that we've ever seen that in the world in which we live, but when freedom is the highest value we pursue, this is exactly what happens. We bite and devour each other, and I win the battle and lose the war. I will get what I want, but I will ruin your relationship and ruin my relationship. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So when my freedom comes in conflict with what would be loving for you, the Christian should willingly submit to what is best for you. That's a big idea. When my freedom comes in conflict with what is loving for you, Christians, Paul is saying, should submit under the authority of the command of love, even when I don't want to, because love, not freedom, is the highest value for the Christian to pursue. Now, he goes on. His solution, just briefly, and then we're going to turn to a conversation that I'm looking forward to. His solution, he goes on in verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. It goes on in verse 22. Here's what it looks like to walk by the Spirit. Verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Look at the end of verse 23 with me. Against such things, there is no law. In other words, if you want full freedom, if you want to be a person who pursues all of your freedoms, pursue the fruit of the Spirit, because there is no law against exercising the fruit of the Spirit. Total freedom in that space. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit, not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Man, big stuff, a lot to say from Paul in this space. Each one of us, you and me alike, this past year have had to address this issue of authority and even authority that we don't prefer. Some of that is the way that our governor has led the state of Pennsylvania. Some of it is the way that this church leadership has led this church. Some of it is the way that your school has led your school. Some of it is the way that your family is responding to certain things in your world. All of us, all of us have had to deal with this issue of how do I and should I submit to an authority that I prefer not to submit to? How do I handle that? Now, this morning, to get the perfect answer for this, we decided that we would get John and Steph King to come talk to us about how to handle life perfectly. Right, John and Steph? I think we talked about that. I'm grateful for them. This is not about perfection whatsoever. John and Steph are just willing to talk with us because they are processing this very issue with us about some restrictions and authority that they may not prefer to be under, and the wrestle with it is something that's very real for them, and I'm really grateful to have you guys come and share with us. So John and Steph, why don't you guys come on up here as we turn into this conversation here. Thank you guys for being willing to be up here. First of all, I appreciate it. John and Steph King, thank you again for joining us. Hopefully everybody can, can see them all right. All right. Hey, you like that? Yeah, it's a little sinking in. Yeah, we're trying to make you comfortable there. Well, thanks guys for being here. Um, number one, thank you again for making, making the time to do this. I know it's something you're so excited about being up here. So excited. So, <laughs> and I appreciate you doing it. I really do. So let me, let me just kind of set the ball up in your court for a minute. Um, can you share with us 
a little bit about um, how you've been processing the restrictions that you've had to deal with um, and that you've had to respond to, whether that's in the church or in the school or even in work or whatever it might be, but kind of set up what is going on for you in this sense of how you've been processing these things that you would prefer maybe not to have to respond to or not to have to do the way that you have been doing. You want to go first? <laughs> Mine's shorter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Go. I'll go first. Mine's shorter, so I'll go first. Um, so having grown up in a religious uh, rules-based church, um, when I left that church and became a Christian, became a Christ follower, I kind of pushed back on excessive rules mm -hmm. uh, for religion. Um, so I believe men are created to be free, as you talked about this morning. We're created to be free, but freedom by itself without love is, it doesn't necessarily work. So where that tension starts at church is on a Sunday morning when we're mandated to wear masks, social distance, uh, there's, a, there's a tension there. Um, for those who believe that this ma these cheap cloth masks don't necessarily work, mm -hmm. doesn't mean we don't love our grandparents, it doesn't mean we want to spread the, the virus, it doesn't mean that we want to get sick, it's a very real virus, we understand that, but it doesn't mean, we just don't believe these cheap cloth masks necessarily work. Mm -hmm. um, what it does mean that on a Sunday morning when we come in here and want to have a real authentic worship that can, I mean, it can happen at home, it can happen virtually, but it's not the same as here on a Sunday morning or in any church on a Sunday morning. So it's not the same whether we... <laughs> act as though it is or not, which kind of bothers me too sometimes because we're all masked up and smiling yeah. and acting as if everything's normal and it's definitely not. Yeah. So that's kind of where the tension starts. Yeah, no, that's really good. Thank you, John. Your turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, I mean, just knowing where he comes from and then what I, I mean, I'm when, when this all hit nine, 10 months ago, I went from going to work every day to staying at home full-time, working full-time, being a teacher, mm -hmm. and also and just having that environment and no longer having a work-life balance. And it just, it, it just, it didn't blow up my world because it was, we managed, but it just really was difficult in terms of just restructuring how we, how we do things. And then to have church on top of that not be a place that we could come to at that time was very difficult because that's where I get fed. It's not, it's not just the sermons, but it's friendships and, and community and just not having that. We, I think we realized how important community is to us and, and not having that was, was a struggle. And there's only so much you can get on Zoom. What, Somebody does not like that word <laughs> at all. <laughs> and just, yeah, junior, I mean, we're junior high leaders, so even that was different. So it just, it was very difficult to just go through that and then to, to have to process where, do, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about wearing a mask at different places? And, and we, we just, I mean, for me, I'm a very, I'm very much a peacemaker 
Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very empathetic. I want every, everyone to love each other and just everybody get along. And I know that's not possible, but so for me, it was more the tension of wanting to please everybody and wanting everybody to make sure that everybody felt comfortable. And so I had, I have no problems putting on a mask, but it's just, if I'm doing that just because I want to make peace and not knowing where where I stand in the different restrictions, just not even just a mask, just going places and wanting to just go wherever I want. To me, it felt like it wasn't, it wasn't, or it's not, it's not being free or not giving us the, the, oh, what, what did we say? Like the thinking that we can't think for ourselves. Like we have to be told mm -hmm. yeah. what to do and where to go and it's, and yeah, I, like he said, it doesn't mean I don't, I, I keep my distance from my grandmother a little bit because I don't, I have no idea. I'm perfectly healthy. I should be able to make decisions about if I'm sick, I'm going to stay at home. Mm -hmm. um, so it felt like that whole structure or that whole concept of freedom was, was changing, yeah. Yeah. but still trying to love one another. Right. This is good. Um, uh, part of the reason we wanted to have the conversation is we want to make sure that everybody knows too that it's okay to have conversations like this, especially even at GPC. Like, it doesn't bother me, and we've talked about this, John and Steph, it doesn't bother me that I know that if you were in leadership, you would make different decisions about how the church has responded to this, right? I mean, we've talked about that. That doesn't bother me. Like, I don't feel a relational stress there, personally, and I don't think you do either. And I, know, and I want to reiterate that even for those watching and those here. Like, that, that's great. There's freedom in that space. Um, and yet you've also decided, you're still volunteer leaders in the junior high level, and yet you've decided even though you would, you would make different decisions if you were in charge, and yet you're still here. So talk to me about why that is. Why is it that you've still made that decision to be, to be a part of this at GPC? I think it's, it's conversations that we've had at home, definitely. I mean, it's, we've, we've talked about, is this the place for us? Is this, you know, we've, We've seen a lot of our age group leave um, or just not here. We don't know if that means they're, they're not coming back at all. Um, so that's very hard and, and very hard for us to, to think about. Um, but there is no perfect church. And we have, I was carried into this church. I think my grandmother was carried into this church. So there's, there's history here for us. This is the first church that John has has been at since he became a Christian. So we met at this church, like there's history here and we've been through worse. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've been through worse and, and all churches are run by man. There's no perfect man, no perfect church. Every church has its, has its issues. So we can constantly be chasing greener pastors or, or something better. Maybe it might be better for a while, maybe not. We don't know. I don't know if it's worth the chase. It isn't at this point. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we still value, and, value and the them. And the conversations that we've had with, with you, with, with Kevin, with Greg, with all, you know, we're able to have conversations and, and walk away disagreeing, maybe, but knowing that we've been heard and it's not just, well, this is the way it is. Deal with it. I think that's something that we value greatly is that the leadership is willing to have open conversations and there's no judgment there's no like like you said we can walk away still disagreeing but at least we felt like we got it out and maybe someone else feels the same way we do 
but it's not, it, it hasn't, it hasn't made us leave yet mm-hmm. or made us leave. Mm-hmm. We yeah. still value the mission. We still value the teachings that we're getting. There are still friendships that we do have within the church that we still value. Um, and our, our kids love it. They still want to come even on a Sunday morning when we're like, Oh, we have to put yeah. a mask on. We don't come on, let's go. Like yeah. they, they still enjoy coming on a Sunday morning. And this, I mean, and this shows up all the time for you, right? Like, to be honest, this isn't just a, hey, we've thought about this one time in the past. Like, we made a decision in July, and uh, we're good. I mean, this is a daily, weekly struggle, right? I mean, in terms of how often you guys are looking at this problem, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's been less so lately, I think, because we're kind of starting to realize this is probably going to be this way for a while yet. But I've had a lot of struggles with, like, why, why am I questioning this? Why, why don't I just put a mask on or distance mm-hmm. or let's just, you know, it, it is what it is. But I, it hasn't been that easy for me. I keep questioning it. Yeah. Uh, we've had heated conversations at home. We're both from the, we both agree. We, we both feel the same way, but yet the conversations get really intense, uh-huh. uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because we're not, uh-huh. we're not arguing. But... We've had some very interesting conversations. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask this next question then. When you, uh, and I appreciate the openness to this, by the way. Um, when you think about all that you've had to do in the past several months of submitting to a standard that you'd rather not submit to, if I can put it that way, what has been, I'm going to ask you two questions at one, what has been both the hardest thing about that? And then a question maybe we don't always ask, what has been a rewarding thing about doing that as well. So what has been hard about this, submitting to something you'd rather not, but then also how have you seen maybe it be beneficial or rewarding for you? I think, you know, submitting is always hard. I'm, I mean, some of us are more stubborn than others, but <laughs> <laughs> I could, you yeah. know, S- submitting is always hard. Uh, and, and we've talked about if there's no love, no God in your life, what, why would you submit to anything? I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is because I, I believe in in Jesus. So I, I submitting can't be that hard because Jesus submitted the ultimate to the ultimate sacrifice. So, but that it is hard. Yeah, I think it's the rewarding part is choosing to love and choosing to constantly look up and to mm. to submit to to what's going on I think it's it's always hard but it's constantly keeping positive making sure that we are loving one another the way we should be um, can be very rewarding um, the hard, yeah I think the hard part I have here is is also being careful how we talk about it around our kids and making sure mm. that that they're understanding what authority means because yeah, we've had heated conversations and our kids have been around and they're just kind of staring at us and we're like, oh, we need to stop. <laughs> like, no, mom and dad are fighting. We're story. not fighting, we're yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking loud. We're just talking yeah. loud. Right. Um, but yeah, just yeah. teaching them that, you know, we, we still have to submit to authority. We still, we can't, you know, there's consequences. So if we choose to do things that, that are are not in line or, or are not submitting, then this is what could happen. So mm-hmm. it's, it's rewarding in that way, I think, in teaching them mm-hmm. about, about God and just about what, what authority means. Well, I'm glad you said that. I mean, our, 
we're laughing because that's knowing laughter in this yeah. room, oh, yes. by the way. Yes. That's like, yeah, we've been there. We can find ourselves there. So I mean, I'm glad you brought up the kids because I want to kind of take that turn as we think about redemptive um, work here in, going into 2021. What kind of legacy would you want to leave for your kids? Because they're going to grow up, and if you fast forward 5, 10, 15 years, they get married, they you know, move on with their lives in that sense. And they look back and their kids ask them, hey, how did, your, how did your parents handle the pandemic? How did they handle this season? I mean, it was a global pandemic. If you can't believe you guys lived through that, what was it like? What do you want to be passing down to that next generation? How do you want them to have seen you through this? Um, through this and kind of who are you becoming through this, if I can ask it that way? Well, I hope, I hope that they can learn that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to process things um, but there's there's a certain way to do that. Um, they know that we've I mean we've had to pass them off to grandparents to come mm. have meetings mm-hmm. <laughs> and to just process things. So they know that that we're processing it. So I hope that they know that it's okay to have that um, have those conversations. And it's also taught us to not rely. We had to rely on each other and ourselves to to basically have Sunday school at home. And I think before that, we, we probably wouldn't have thought it, but we really did rely on our Sunday school classes to teach our children about God. And we didn't really do as much as what we should have, I don't think, at home. Mm. So this really taught us to have, that op- to have a, a definite time or to open up more conversations about God or just, I mean, when we don't... <laughs> When we don't come here on a Sunday morning, we're watching Buck Denver on Right Now Media with our kids. There That's we what go. we're doing. There we go. What's in the Bible? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so it's it has really shown us like it's it's helped our kids. They're now asking us to do devotions with them. So that's a praise that we've had. So I I want them to to know that that's that's how it works. If in a pandemic, you don't you have to create your own sometimes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sounds good. <laughs> no, <laughs> it does sound good. It sounds really good. Thank you, Steph. That's awesome. So let me ask this last question here then. As you um, have, are walking through this, what kind of faith lessons have you been learning or do you, or, you know, have you learned through this? What has this taught you about who God is, who you are um, in this sense? So what, what kind of faith lessons would you say, I'm walking out of here with this? Uh, there's There's a lot of things that I, that I do different through this. I, I really ra- would have rather changed my habits and not because of the virus, but uh, I used to listen to a lot of like political podcasts and stuff and I kind of completely left, got out of that because it, all it is is this side versus this side and mm-hmm. started listening more to like Christian podcasts, um, more, more worship music. It's just, it's there's too much poison. <laughs> to to mm-hmm. to deal with sometimes so my habits like that have kind of kind of changed I, I thought about when we were singing the last song this morning about you know take me deeper you know the only the only way to learn I don't swim so me walking into the water is a thing <laughs> that would be really dangerous <laughs> and I would learn uh-huh. but so you know I had to think about yeah like that was this year wading into waters that I'm not comfortable with at all yeah. But, um, you know, he'll, he'll lift you up if, if you trust in him. It's not the easiest thing, but 
And there's a lot of, a lot of habits that we've changed. I know one that we, that we talk about is talk, 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 talk to you, talk to our pastors, talk to each other, talk to our kids, teachers, employers, whatever it is. If we don't talk and we don't communicate, it just doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll think, well, you think one thing and I think something different, so we can't talk to each other and we can't have a conversation, which is just not true. There's lots of times where we feel like we have felt through the last nine months that we're alone and we're the only, we can't be the only ones thinking this way. How is it that we feel this way and all we had to do was have a conversation with either a leadership or a friend or, and it just was, it was so uplifting and we're, we're really hopeful for maybe friendships to come. Mm. We're we're sad in what the church looks like right now. We, we feel like our children's program and, and the church on a Sunday morning is not what it used to be. And, but, but at the same time, maybe there's, there's more to come. Hopefully mm-hmm. there's more to come and mm-hmm. there might be more people that come in. We're sad. We are, I mean, that's one thing that we didn't mention here was we're, we're really sad about friendships that might be lost or friendships mm-hmm. that people might never come back into this church. And it just, it hurts that that we're not going to have those relationships anymore. Um, they might be more acquaintances that we see at the grocery store or something, but yeah. but maybe there's, there's more to come. Hopefully there's more to come and there's people that will come and ha- that, that it will grow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This has been very helpful for both of you. Thank you for being willing to have the conversation. Um, being able to talk through this stuff, even if we can't agree on it, I think has incredible value. And, and being able to distinguish, uh, it was Al Mohler who talked about three different levels of um, kind of theological triage, where the top level are differences that divide Christian from non-Christian. The second level divides church from church. And the third level can divide people inside of a church. These issues that we've talked about this morning are definitely not first level, where they are a a defining Christian or non-Christian issue. I don't think they need to be a second level issue. And I think they fit in that third level category where there's people like you and me even who can share fellowship in a church and think differently about it, have good conversation and have that conversation strengthen our bond even though we don't agree and that can be okay. So that unity of course doesn't mean uniformity, it just means we can talk even though we, we disagree on it and walk through this um, in, a, in a healthy way, I think. So um, can we thank John and Steph for being willing to talk to us this morning? Um, thank you very much. I'm gonna pray for us and then I'm gonna let you guys go down. Um, I'll say this before I pray for us, they're gonna have a, uh, we're gonna do a little after party with John and Steph downstairs. <laughs> Um, and so we'll talk like 10 to 10.30, we'll be down there. If you want to talk Q&A, this is a wide open time for you, informal time to discuss anything with them. If you have questions, comments, or you just want to say something to them, um, come on down. We'll, right after the service again, 10 to 10.30, we'll be down there. Um, and online, there is going to be a link there. I think you can join us if you want to join us online as well for a Zoom call and connect with them as well. All right, let me pray for us, guys. Lord, thanks for the time together this morning. Grateful for what we can do and how we can talk through these things um, and demonstrate Christian unity, even in the middle of disagreements that impact us deeply emotionally. I pray that you would help us to, um, to keep in mind these things that Paul wrote about to the early church in Galatia, where he said, hey, don't use your freedom. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Don't just do whatever you want to do. Don't let freedom be the highest value that you pursue, but rather instead humbly serve one another in love. 
And so I know that it's so difficult for us, especially when we have to come under authority that we'd rather not come under. It's so hard. And we found ourselves in the places where John and Steph have talked about this past year, whether it's because of church or school or government. And so I pray that you would help us as Christians to walk in love, even love over our own personal freedom. So we thank you for what that can do, and I pray that you give us courage in that space to humbly serve and love well. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. John and Steph, thank you so much.